The Bamboo Project Podcast starts in three, two. Welcome to the Bamboo Project Podcast. The people with the most freedom in this world have money and lots of it. So I decided I'm going to become a billionaire and on the way there, I'm going to help create 1,000 millionaires, including myself. And not by being a guru or selling a course, but by doing the things I already love to do every day and documenting the journey to get there. I figure I'll make all the mistakes so you don't have to. My name is Donovan Gray and this is how I would turn my life into a living. I'd like to start off by giving a shout out to all the people rocking with us and supporting the channel. We really appreciate you. We are currently streaming on all major streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, you name it, we on it. And if we not on it, we about to be on it. For everyone listening to this podcast and not watching it, you can find us on YouTube at The Bamboo Project. We have over 400 videos on our channel. You want to learn real estate? We got that. You want cooking tutorials inspired by Dr. Sabi? We got that. Travel and lifestyle vlogs? Got it. You want makeup and hair growth tutorials? Got it. Basketball? Got it. It's everything us. All the parts of the journey that don't make it to YouTube will be on our story. And you can find me on Instagram at Donovan Gray. D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y and my phenomenal, beautiful, amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne. A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. The Bamboo Project is about turning your life into a living by making money off the things you already do every day. We made different playlists for all the things we're into and you can find all of those links in the description box below. This may be your first time here and if it is, welcome to the family. But for everyone else, this is chapter two, page 88 of the story. So we have four different segments, the life update, episode playback, Donovan's questions, and the topics of the day. All video and audio timestamps will be in the description box below. Today's date is November 23rd and it is 4.01 p.m. Before we start with the topics of the day, I always like to find out what our screen time was for last week because I know that if I wanna become a billionaire that I need to lower the amount of time I spend on my cell phone. Okay, last week, my average screen time was seven hours and 15 minutes. The highest day for me last week was Monday, which was nine hours and six minutes. And the lowest week for me was Friday, which was four hours and 12 minutes. My most used app last week was YouTube for nine hours and 47 minutes, which is actually, I feel like that's pretty good because Instagram is my third, which is six hours and 56 minutes. So that's definitely a lot better than normal. My most pickups was the amount of times I picked up my phone was 120 times in one day, which was on Wednesday. And then the average was 91 for the week. And my lowest was Monday, which was 60 times that I picked up my phone. So, Melissa, what is your uh, average screen time for last week? Mine was five hours and 17 minutes. Wait, uh, hold on. I think it's seven. Yeah, seven hours and 15 minutes. Okay. Seven hours and 15 minutes minus five hours and 17 minutes. Mm. My total screen time for the week was 37 hours. This week or last week? Talking about last, last week. week. 37 hours? Okay. I spent eight hours on Instagram and four hours on TikTok. Um, total pickups was 982. My most picked up um, was Instagram. No, what was your most pickups? Like the... Oh, Sunday for 181. Okay. And then the average was what? 
So something I've tried over the last week, uh, it's not new. I put on the um, the restriction. I put on the restriction on my phone and I don't know if it's helping or not because I wake up early in the morning. So because I wake up at like four or five in the morning and not because I'm going to do any work, just my body wakes up at that time. I will be on my phone. So I might use an hour, if not maybe two hours in the morning on my phone before it's even six o'clock, six thirty. And then for the rest of the day I have an hour to use my phone. And I have a restriction, so after those three hours I have you know, it'll notify me like, Hey, you know, you ran over your screen time, do you want to extend it by one minute, fifteen minutes, or you know, ignore it for the whole day. And what my theory is I want to know if having that restriction for limiting it every 15 minutes will lower my screen time across the whole phone because every time I go on my phone, <clears throat> I have to then click, yes, I want to extend this 15 minutes. So whether I'm using my calculator, Google Maps, YouTube, it's just always telling me, okay, to extend my 15 minutes. So it's one of those prompts that I feel like subconsciously will make me want to use my phone less. And my screen time went down 27%. Um, also because lately I have been driving for dollars, I think my screen time will be higher. So I'm going to have to figure out a way to mitigate that. Cause I don't want that to mess up how much I'm using, how much I am using my phone. Um, cause even just for today, it was, I used Google maps for two hours and 13 minutes. So and my screen time for today was five hours and 40 minutes. So that means that I would be at two hours and was that two hours and like 20 minutes or so something around that time 23 minutes something around that so like I said, i'm gonna have to figure out a way to, to go around that okay so this week has been more of a maintenance week it seems like i was trying to figure out what i would even talk about this week because i feel like tuesday came so quickly and then I didn't really know what happened over the last week. So while I was driving around this morning, I had to figure out, okay, what am I going to talk about during a podcast? And that, I'm talking about just in terms of my life update. Um, so over the last week, let's see some highlights of last week. We got a, a booking on Turo, another booking. So like I said, I think Turo is doing pretty well. Um, I still, I'm, I'm probably at, 75 percent 70 to 75 percent of where i feel like comfortable to get multiple cars i'm like i guess i think it's it's still very early we've gotten a lot of bookings i think we've gotten five in its entirety and we've already done three of them so the last booking we had was for one day and based off a lot of different things such as how much money we've been making how many trips we've been getting and how after learning about the Turo insurance from Tone, shout out to him, I decided to raise our insurance plan from 75% to 80%. And our deductible is now going to be $750. So that means if something goes wrong with the car, we have to come out of our pocket $750 as opposed to before it was $250. Um, so we got a booking right now i had planned for this week to go play basketball on saturday that was my plan 
and I was hyped the whole week. I was like, I'm ready to go play basketball. I haven't played basketball in a while. I want to get some exercise, you know, just shoot the ball. I just love to play basketball. So I was excited all week. So Saturday, not Saturday, Friday comes, right? So Friday comes and we're laying in the bed. It's probably 1030 at night and we get a booking fourth Saturday, right? Now to me, I had this this really small feeling from, from earlier in the week that I was not going to be able to play basketball. I don't know why. I just had this really like strong feeling like, okay, something's going to happen where I can't play basketball. But I made it all the way throughout the whole week. Nothing came up. And I said, okay, I'm going to be able to drive the car to play basketball. That's one of my things because now that we have the car, it's easy for me to get over there after I play. I'm not as, t- well, I would be tired so I can just drive back as opposed to getting on the train and the bus and sitting on the train for and bus for two hours. And then, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm sweaty. I'm hungry. I want to be back home. So now that we have the car, I can just drive up there. It's easy to get there probably like 25, 30 minutes. And after the game, I can just drive back home. So I was looking forward to that. So 1030 comes, I'm, I'm, I'm knocked out. Like I'm, I'm running on E at this point. And, but I still have my heart. I'm excited to play basketball the next day. As my eyes are, uh, closing, Melissa goes, taps me, shows me my phone, shows me her phone and goes, we got a booking. I'm like, what? We got a booking. I'm like, for when? When we get a booking for? She's like, tomorrow. I'm like, we have a booking for tomorrow? Bruh, I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm still like, you know, fine. It's tomorrow, but I'll still be able to go play basketball, you know, and then drop the car off with her. You know, I'm trying to figure out in my head how I could go and still play basketball. The lady at 10.30 at night booked a car for 9, 8, no, 11 a.m. the next morning. So now, not only is it for one day, which is the day I want to play basketball, it's for 11 in the morning. Not only is it for 11 in the morning, she booked it the day before. So now we have to get up early because we have to drive our car to another state to drop the car off, right? So I was making a video recently about Toro and I was telling people like, hey, I don't think y'all should be driving, you know, 30, 45 minutes to drop your car off. Now, I don't know if it's different from uh, where I live at because for us to get there and get back it probably costs us like $15 maybe actually maybe like $30 for both of us because it's uh what should I call it uh like $7 going $7 coming back so yeah so it's about $30 um and we have public transportation so it's not really a hassle now if we had to drive 30 or 45 miles from here and there was no car to bring us back or no bus to bring us back it would be a little bit different but all of that being said we still have to wake up at seven o'clock in the morning because before we get our car to be booked we always get it washed a little quick clean and then we go and get our goodie bags from the deal right we spend about five or six dollars and i think it's crazy because of the deal not the deal dollar tree i'm telling you it's a dollar 25 for stuff and something about that just does not sit right in my soul i don't know if you have a dollar tree where you're at Dollar Tree is called the Dollar Tree for a reason. Everything was a dollar. Every everything in the store was one dollar. Everything: Fiji water bottle, mask, hand sanitizer, everything you want to get. You want things, juice, food, a dollar. Everything. Now you walk around the store, everything is a dollar twenty-five. It's something about that just does not sit right with my soul. 
25% markup. So something before that was, we spent $4 on four items. That's $5 now. To me, that's just crazy. Like, it's insane. So I'm in the place and, you know, we're walking around because, like I said, we get our goodie bag. Normally, what we'll get is Skittles, Fiji water, mask, hand sanitizer, and uh, we might get some Clorox wipes. Right? Um, we try getting some gum. So, like I said, we're just trying different things. We don't get chocolate because we don't want it to melt in the car. Um, and I feel like, you know, there's always, and then they mess the car if they, if it does melt, they're touching stuff with their fingers and whatnot. So we try not to get chocolate. So we got everything packed and I had to drive the car. Honestly, it might've been like 45 minutes to an hour to get over there. Right. We get over there. We get the car hand washed because I've already experienced not hand washing it and people scratching the car. So I decided, okay, you know what? I'm not doing that anymore. We're only going to get it hand washed. So it was cool. You know, we got to sit in the car while they hand washed it. You know, everything went pretty smooth. And then we drove around to find a parking spot for the car. Um, I think obviously we're getting a lot better at this because we've had our first trip, which was, in my opinion, a debacle like it, the lady came over my pants were down i was trying to change the license plate off and then it didn't work i'm running around the city or at least that three or four block area trying to figure out where i can get a rubber band or some zip ties or some string or anything to tie on the license plate but to no avail i didn't get any of those things i think i ended up getting a rubber band i think i was able to find a rubber band but again it just looked very unprofessional um so i was just like devastated like damn we're not gonna get five stars it's gonna be terrible but it ended up working out for the best we ended up getting five stars and funny enough that is our only five star review we everybody else has not reviewed us or rated us at all um so i guess it still looks good we have five stars on our page or on our channel not our channel our listing but there are no other reviews or ratings there um i think honestly they still have time i believe you get 10 days to leave a review and then it just automatically posts on your page. So I'm hoping by the 10th day, we uh, have a review and a rating. Now, we have what? Like I said, we have, we t we've done three trips and we have another trip coming up in like two or three days. So like I said, Toro is, is good. And what I've noticed in every market I've looked at you can't you have to get multiple cars like i feel like with airbnb um the profit margins are higher so you don't have to get as many uh, units to make a sustainable income i feel like with one unit you can make over a thousand dollars maybe fifteen hundred dollars i feel like with one car you're you're doing like I feel like the average is like $400, like not $300 to $400 profit per car. Every time I think about this, it's so crazy to me that people in DC are doing 90% on the insurance plan and they have to pay $2,500. This will never, this will never like not blow my mind that people are, are doing that out there. Honestly, the fact that anybody does this is crazy to me. Um, I mean, if your car makes a lot of money, I could see that. But if you're making $400 for your car, the deductible is 2500 something happens you just erase all your profits so to me it's to, every time i think about it i'm just like this shit is really crazy so we have we got this one trip coming up uh for thanksgiving and then we have another one for christmas like i said i think it comes down to how many bookings we get in december 
that will let me know whether or not uh, we should get multiple cars. Like I said, if we get another trip between the second trip and the one for Thanksgiving, I said if we get two more. We only got one. I said that then I would feel more comfortable, but I need longer bookings. One day is not enough for me, and I need people to book more frequently or for longer periods of time. I think that would then get me to understand the market a little bit better. Now, one of the reasons why I need to increase our income is because I learned this word or this phrase today, right? This is what I think one thing that's very interesting is this. Most people who are not in business or who are not entrepreneurs or not even in a specific field, their brain or their mind comes up with ideas and solutions that they don't have the word for. And I think once you go to school or once you, you know, read books or whatever, you start to be able to put a word to a process or a word to a methodology. So the word that I've learned today is burn rate. Okay. Now for us, I have to figure out what our burn rate is because we have those crazy loans that we took out right now the loans one of them is charging us 805 dollars every single week and then the other loan is charging us about 260 dollars a day so we're looking at we're doing two 260 times five that's 200 and then we're looking at a thousand so looking about like 1250 so look at about two thousand dollars a week Two, four, six, eight, ten. Yeah, we're looking at close to about thousand dollars a week, right? And the income that we have from Turo and YouTube is not high enough to slow down the burn rate that we're going at at this point. So it's now time to figure out okay, how can we? make more money at least to extend that burn rate or infuse more cash or capital from somewhere the house is coming along the plumbing is done right now they are or should be doing hvac which would be you know heating and cooling so that's where we're at right now with that and like i said the house is coming along we're, we're still getting there but there's going to come a point or an equilibrium i feel like where The amount the whatever the contractor needs for the house in terms of money, we won't have the money to give him before the lender gives it to us. And that's where we're trying. We're trying to extend that time or push that time as far into the future as we can, because right now, I think if we're doing if he's doing the HVAC this week, right, as far as I know, with um, renovations go, I believe Maybe after after rough inspection, then we should be able to have the insulation and then a drywall, right? Now, to me, that's a house. Like, that's like, okay, we actually have gotten to the point of a house. And I think that maybe just for my mental health, seeing that we actually have a house that's set up, we have walls, we have we would have plumbing, electrical, and HVAC. So, like I said, it's just exciting to see. The roof has been put back. The walls have been repaired for the most part, I think, as far as I know. 
Um, the basement had a foundational issue that we had to, not the basement, the first floor had a foundational issue that we had to fix, which was taken care of. Um, we also have to make the stairs wider. So, you know, we're waiting for that. But I said, I think we're doing well. So in, in terms of the house being renovated. But like I said, it's now it's concerning because we have to figure out how can we bring in more money to offset the expenses that we have. So as y'all know, every Monday on my channel, I do on my YouTube, my YouTube, on my Instagram, I do Money Mondays where I pretty much go through our finances and just kind of post it and see, you know, what kind of things I find in the finances. So I haven't, I didn't do it this week, so I'm probably going to do it, might do it today or tomorrow. And then put that out there because I need to find out how much money we are currently spending, how much of a other word to use in the video, how much of a runway we have until we run out of capital. That's something else to figure out. Um, so one of the solutions I've come up with for increasing that capital is wholesaling. So to me, that's the biggest amount of money that we can get the quickest out of all the different ideas or things that are out there. As far as I know, I think that's the quickest amount of way to get 10 or 20,000 other than stealing or robbing somebody. That's probably the fastest way to get it. So, I talked about last week where I had a wholesale deal, right? And, or I had, I had a lead, I keep saying deal, I had a lead from last week. And it was a pretty promising lead. Now, I don't know about other people who are in wholesaling um, or, you know, a lot of people probably are because that's how we kind of got to where we are with the channel. One of the issues that I always run into is the fact that I don't pull the trigger on deals that I feel like are kind of that I'm not 100% sure about or not even like 85% sure about and I, I'm, I'm like very confident about them, but situations like that one, the guy was asking me for 10% of the earnest money or 10% for earnest money. For people who do not know, earnest money is the amount you put down as a good faith to say, I'm going to buy this property. And if something goes wrong, they keep that. The property we negotiated was 390000 So he would have wanted $39,000. Now, I got them down to come, I got them to come down to 5%, which would have been about $20,000. But because I talked to one of my friends, he felt like the deal should be at three fifty. right? Now, there's another issue I have, right? And I know this is something that people, you know, in all industries probably experience or just in their daily life, where... I'm going based off of what his numbers are and what he thinks about the property. There are other people who the deal would work for, but because I don't have the leeway to try and figure that out, I'm trying not to make those kind of decisions because, because I don't think we are at a point to be able to afford that risk. So right now we're doing risk management and putting up $20,000 for the possibility of getting a deal is not good enough for me. Now, I think that if they came down to the 1%, then I'll be able to do that. So as I talked about last week, I said if they, if they came back to me, I felt like the guy was, you know, puffing, talking about, oh, we have somebody else waiting. So you got you to gotta move quickly because if you don't, we have another offer. Now, I've been dealing with realtors for a while now with wholesaling. So I know that they don't tell the truth. And they lie very often and I know that they exaggerate and I know that they're only caring about 
getting money and getting paid. So I told myself, and I think I told you guys too, that if he called me back or when they call me back or whenever I talk to them again, what I was going to do was say, listen, I want 1%. If it's not 1%, I'm not doing it. Cause I already knew he told me I have one day to make my decision other than that, they're going to go with somebody else. And I knew once he said that, I'm like, okay, this is my indicator that you are lying because one, You'd hassling with me about the percent of the earnest money deposit, number one, right? And then number two, if you had somebody else with a better deal, you would go with them. You wouldn't be hassling with me about the uh, earnest money deposit. So I said, okay, I'm just going to wait it out. And two days go by, I pass my one day limit, and he decides to call me back. So here's where I made a mistake. What I did was I told them, listen, I am only doing 1%. And I want to, no, I said, I'm coming down to 350. So I told him from 390 to 350, right? And he told me that he does not think the owner will take that or the owner won't take that. So I said, okay, well, that's it. That's how I'm doing 350. That's it. Now, back from the days when I used to run game on women, right? One of the mistakes that people make, and, I, and honestly, it accounts for all negotiations, is you have to leave a space for the other person to come back so you can't just go um i guess how could i put this the reason why that was a bad move to make is because now for him to come back to me to then renegotiate the deal he has to come to he has to come to me from a place of that was complete i was wrong and you're right and here is the uh, the deal for 350, right? It's going to be hard for him to do that. So before when I was running game on girls, what I would do was I would always leave the option for a, either an apology or some way for them to for them to still have pride when the discussion is over, right? So an example of that in this situation would have been, listen, uh, 350's not gonna, 390 is not going to work for me, okay? Now, I would still want to get this deal done, so if the owner can come back at something other than 390 or lower than 390, we can make this deal work. And if not, th if this deal does not work, then we can find another deal that you have that can work for both of us, right? So that's kind of how you let, you still leave the door open. You don't want to just close the door completely and go, oh. You're not going to pay me my 350. That's it. I'm done. So that's something that I know that I was, I'm kind of on the fence about because I mean, back then, because I was trying to be more assertive during the phone call because I felt like earlier in the phone call, I should have went lower when I told the guy 380 and he went up to 390. And also to be completely honest, I have not been, uh, studying negotiations in a very long time like i haven't been researching it and then practicing things like that so while i'm driving for dollars today i've been learning more about uh or researching more about negotiations and funny enough in the video they talk about the same situation um he talked about when you end a negotiation you want to end where both people feel like they didn't get everything they want but neither did the other person so it kind of you got you, you leave on on a, on a positive note in a situation. Um, so I think that somewhere along the lines between before and now, I've switched from being more of a 
empathetic negotiator to more of a dominant negotiator and i don't think that that's going to have the best results i think that having or coming to an agreement with both people feel like okay we're both getting a deal as opposed to they feel like i'm getting a deal and they're not um so that's something i have to now readjust for myself and just recalibrate my brain because one thing i also know with negotiation you have to practice something you have to do regularly you have to talk to people regularly you can't just not talk to anybody for months on end and then think you're going to be good at negotiating um you have to just regularly get that those reps in so that's something i'm going to apply now going forward i'm still doing some more research on it and i feel as though um it's definitely helpful like i said being able to ride, drive around driving for dollars allows me to listen to more podcasts allows me to study things more uh, allows me to just process more thoughts and it's definitely becoming very enjoyable so one of the things that i realized i have to do is find a way to use this money because right this is the next topic it's because i think a lot of people always tell themselves what they would do if they had you know twenty thousand thirty thousand forty thousand fifty thousand dollars in their account oh i would go and buy a house or i would go and try and flip it by the end of the month or i would go and you know buy some couches and flip the couch so everybody has a thing that they would do with that money right now I am currently in that situation. I have to figure out what can I do and how can I utilize that money. It can't sit in my account. The longer it sits in my account, the less valuable it is because every single day, more or less, it's having interest being charged on it. So what I decided to do was I decided to go back on Fiverr and hire a cold caller, right? Now, the reason why I decided to hire a cold caller, if people don't know, that's somebody who will call the properties that I drive around and get their numbers for, is because I was calling people and i would drive for four hours or so right i'll get like 100 plus leads and then i will come in the house and try and call people i will call 25 numbers or 25 properties and that would take me an hour hour and a half to call those 25 properties so if i'm doing 100 properties i'm looking at eight plus hours a day on just that right so i'm sitting by the phone for four plus hours and then i'm driving down for four hours so that's eight hours out the day. I sleep for six. I have the other eight. That's 14 hours out the day. Um, and then I'm left with what? I'm left with nine hours. Honestly, I'm not sure what the nine hours would even be at. So let me see. If I woke up at six, I drove around. I get out of the house uh, like nine. So nine to 10, 11, 12, one. And then from one to five, Let's say one to six, I'll be cold calling, right? And that's if everything goes perfectly well. I mean, there's no traffic. That means that I get back home at exactly this time. I'm not eating. I'm not talking about anything. I'm not on my phone. It's just strictly eight hours, right? I feel like it sounds plausible, but in, and I know in practice, it's not going to go that way. And then after that, the other issue is this. How do I do anything else? How do I edit the, the the podcast how do i record the podcast how do i record the other tutorial videos you have to do and now my test is coming up on thursday about to shout out to my real estate test i'm gonna try and pass that on thursday um it's a lot of things that come into play with that so i decided okay how can i put the money i have to use because it has to be used in some way 
it's just sitting in the account. It's not, it's not helping. So I'm like, okay, if I can drive around every single day and get a hundred properties a day and have, and then outsource, outs, ooh, and then outsource that to be called by somebody else, it allows me to then try and figure out other ways to make more money in that meantime. So I hired the cold caller. Um, I sent her, I think I sent a hundred properties. So I'm going to see what happens going forward with that. Um, and then because I've been reading up and studying more negotiations and scripts and things like that, I'm able to give her a better script to use for the properties. And then I use phone burner. So that means I can actually record the phone calls once she, or if she decides to use that, I don't know if she's going to yet. Ask her today. I am still waiting back for a response to that, but she seemed kind of interested in it. So that was kind of surprising. Um, but like I said, that's the plan right now. So like I said, this whole week has been just more of a maintenance week. Uh, nothing really crazy happened. I can even remember. And honestly, I'm probably forgetting something. Something probably happened. I don't remember. It's just been uh, Tuesday came very quickly this week, like very quickly. Uh, so let's see. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess if you want to count, I, at this point have scheduled my real estate exam. So my real estate exam has been scheduled and that's on Thursday, so I guess that counts as like something that I've done, but there's so many other things happening that something like that is not, does not stay in my brain for that long. My real estate exam is on Thursday, and I still need time to study for that. So I have to find time between today and Thursday to study for that, and then also prep the car and edit the podcast and we posted a video on the channel about uh, like our first, how we researched finding the car and it's doing pretty well. So in the video, people ask, asking me to do their city. So because of that, I have a backlog of like six of those videos to make, right? I have to do like Atlanta, I have to do like Cleveland, Ohio, Phoenix, Arizona, Las Vegas, Nevada, and another place, I forgot the other one, right? So it takes me about two hours to record that video, maybe an hour and a half, and then another couple of hours to actually edit that video. So I'm already backlogged on that. I still have like, I wanted to do an update on Turo video and like two YouTube videos in terms of how we approach YouTube. So we backlogged like eight videos right now. And I have to find time to get my exam done. So like I said, I'm gonna try and study tomorrow possibly the day before the exam and see what happens. Um, but I think, like I said, for Turo videos, I'm probably going to put a cap on that at some point, probably in the near future, because it's taking up too much of my time to edit all of those videos. Um, I might bring it back later. Like I said, I'm going to do Atlanta and then maybe, maybe like major cities I might do, uh, possibly, but like I guess I'm going to have to kind of reel that back until we figure out what to do about getting more income. So another thing that we've been doing to infuse more capital into the business is started a candle company, right? It is Ember Candles, like M-B-U-R Candles, okay? But Ember, like E-M-B-E-R, or Ember, like Melissa Burnett. I know it's fire. Literally, it's fire because it's candles. Now... That's kind of what we've been focusing on for over the last week. Melissa has been uh, 
trying to figure out the marketing and doing the oh we got two actually we got two orders for the candles we got two orders for the i'll put the link for the description or the link in the description for the candle you can see the website and you know see we have four different candles right now we have do not disturb okay we have room service we have people watching and don't tell me the fourth one i remember it wind down mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know them all. Okay. So, you know, we had the candles. And uh that's it. So that's kind of the next thing. Now, selling candles, selling any product, I feel like it's gonna be very hard because we had to figure out like the distribution of the candles. Where we're gonna put them, marketing them. Social media marketing is a huge behemoth within within itself. Um on every platform, whether it's Facebook, Google, Google Ads, you got TikTok, you got Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's so much. It's just, it's so much uh, in terms of marketing for that. Um, but yeah, I'm curious. What made you, are you going to talk about that here? Why you started a candle company? Or is Why that something you want to save? Yeah, something you want to save for the your own video? Or how do you want to um, do that? I could, I could do both. Okay. Um, why, I don't know why I started a candle company. <laughs> um, I knew I wanted to sell Product. Mm -hmm. uh, as you guys saw in the past, I, I, I tried clothing. The only thing about clothing is that it takes up too much of my time, kind of, and it's not as uh, scalable. Whereas, like, let's say it takes me three hours to make one garment, so I can make maybe three garments a day. It takes me maybe three hours to make. Like, I can make, probably make, like, 10, 20 candles in an hour. Mm. Is that true? Maybe two. I, eh, with the right, like, with the right tools and stuff, I could, uh -huh. I could do that easy. Right? So, there's that. I can mass produce it faster. And then, uh, I don't have to worry about sizes. I don't have to worry about, it's a lot of things I don't have to worry about. A lot of things. So, um, yeah. The... And then, my main thing is that I love candles. I always have. I love the scents and all that stuff. Um, from that, I learned the difference between like different type of waxes and stuff. So I chose beeswax for my candles, which are um, which purifies the air, which is really cool. You can look it up. I use clean scents, so there's no toxins, no formaldehyde, no none of that <laughs> stuff. Because you know Donovan and I do care about food and do care about you know, what we put in our bodies. Well, not so much now, but we used to. And um, fragrances are one of those things that can destruct your hormones and all that type of stuff. So all the scents that I have here are clean scents. And then finally, I use wooden wicks, which are eco-friendly and- um, They crackle. They crackle as they burn, that mm -hmm. is true. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then it's, uh, it's something, there's a difference between that and cotton wicks. Either way, it's more eco-friendly, um, the wooden wicks. And the crackling, I actually love. And I just, I just, y'all go see the pictures. I don't know if Donovan's going to put it here, but either the website or the pictures. No, it's going to be on the website. I can see it. I'll put the link down below if y'all can see the uh, So it's going to be on the website. And I, I just really am so proud of it because everything really came, you know, came from me. The, the, the logo, the, like... I made it myself with my hands. Like I made mm -hmm. it. I made the product with my hands, and I made the, the everything else. So the website, you know, I just 
Um, so yeah, like I said, that's what we're working on too. And like I said, the, the, the name of the game right now is to make enough money to get to the refinance. That's, that's like the name, that's the game. If we had a, a, a game title, it would be refinance. That would be what it's called. So we're doing what we can to get to that point. Um, like I said, because we got that loan approval for about 30 K we could use that to get, Oh, I forgot about one thing. I'll come back. We, we could use that to buy more cars but like i said i don't i don't i don't feel comfortable enough that it'll net us enough money to do what we need to do now the other play that i have in mind right is this take the money that they gave us right this is where it comes back to information take the money they gave us and then pay off our credit cards right only for it to report to the credit bureaus, then take that money back off the cards, right? And use it how we're using it currently. Now, the reason I say that is because if we can get our credit scores up high enough, then the credit card companies will either one, increase our limit on our cards or, or give us another card with more money on it. So, you know, another 5K, another 3K, that won't hurt. It won't hurt. Um, so like I said, we're running, we're running low on cash. We're using a lot of credit right now. And, you know, like I said, I think we have, I think our runway right now is probably, I will give it like a month, a month and two weeks. I think we have a month and two weeks before things start getting really, really tight. We're like, Hmm, how are we going to figure this out? I think that's where we're at right now. A month and two weeks. So. Like I said, stay tuned to figure out if we're going to get out of this one. This is, we, we escaped eviction. We escaped unemployment. So our track record says we're going to get out of it. I don't know how, but our track record says we're going to figure it out. So y'all know how the Bamboo Project gets down. Now that is it for the life update. Um, I'm on to episode playback. So today, as I was driving around for dollars, I put the podcast on and I want to say, that I think that I prefer listening to the podcast as I drive the most out of all of the other places or the other mm, hmm, all of the other outlets I would say for listening to the podcast. I think I prefer it over the television. I prefer it over the laptop. I prefer it over headphones. Um, I just prefer, I think it just sounded like it was a podcast to be played in the car. So I definitely, I enjoyed that. Um, actually I think back in the day, my man's Kamar, shout out to Kamar. He would listen to the podcast on his way to work. I think I'm pretty sure it had to be in the car. So there's that. Now this, I, I definitely think last week's podcast, like I said, it was, it's doing well for, you know, for the podcast. I actually posted on my page, right? I think it's so crazy. There are videos like. There are videos on the channel. There are podcasts on the channel that have six views, multiple videos that have six views, five views, four views. Think about a year later, they have four views. That's so crazy to me. Like every time I think about it, I go seven views. Like I could not do seven views now if I tried. Like, and that's just crazy to me. So to see the podcast do 170 views in the first day and a half, it's like, bruh. Like this shit is so crazy. So, um, I forgot what I was bringing that up. 
Oh, okay. Because I was listening to the podcast, and I'm just thinking about how, how like good it sounded to me listening. Like, okay, I, I, you know, I'm enjoying this. So I just think it's crazy how you know people seem to be enjoying it as well. So it's always just a crazy thing to me. Um, so in the podcast, there are two two things I want to go over. One is I've been playing a game. It's called Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's not a new. I've done this before. I talked about it here before, but obviously. Probably back in the day when I was getting six views and seven views, yeah, I wasn't here. So, y'all didn't hear me talk about it. So, Rich Dad Poor Dad game, and I've been playing it like the last two or three days, right? And in the game, uh, it's just it's just a fun way of how to get out of the uh, metaphorical rat race. So, it's fun. It teaches you about, you know, stocks and kind of plays on your mindset of how you would approach finances, right? So, playing the game made me reconsider my thoughts on what's more important information or money and it which one to have first because that was something we talked about last week on the podcast and ah, like i said it's 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 really tough it's because it's so they're like neck and neck they're really neck and neck but if i'm going based off of the the game and the psychology behind the game I definitely think that it's better to have money first before information. And the reason I say that is this. Most multiple things, but here's one of the main reasons. I think that without information, you can still get lucky with your money. So let's say that you, I don't know, invest your your $500 into Litecoin or Safe Moon or some shit like that, right? And you don't know what it's supposed to do. You just threw it in there and gambled, right? You have no idea how stocks work. You don't know about cryptocurrency. You just say, well, YOLO, right? You throw your money in there. You come back in a week and you find out you have $4,000, right? That can't happen if you don't have any money. So you can have information about the Litecoin going up and Bitcoin going up and whatnot, which a lot of people probably do. But if you don't, you can't even throw no money in there. So I think, and like I said, this, this is one of those A, B, 1, A, 1, B situations. It's not like, you have to have both of these things, the information and the money. But to start off, I definitely would say get the money first. And in the game, when you play it, right, you have things called uh, like small opportunities and big opportunities. So a small opportunity might be something like, you can buy, you know, five stocks. Let's say the stock is is in the game. The stock will be $10 a share, right? And you work at your job in this job, in this game might be a janitor or a teacher or airline pilot or whatever. So you have $400. So with that $400, you can buy, you know, 40 shares, right? Let's say 40 times 10. Let's say you buy 30 shares. 30 times 10 is $300. You're going to get paid next week right so you'll get that money back but that stock might go up and in that that stock goes up you know triple in the game might go up triple or quadruple you turn three hundred dollars into twelve hundred dollars right and that's just based off of you having money to spend on that stock it won't affect you that much because you'll get paid and even with that mindset something i've been thinking about now is we need to have cash flow so i would Ah, it's, it's one of the situations where I think it's kind of funny too. I would not recommend anybody to quit their job to be an entrepreneur. I don't. I would not recommend it. But the reason why 
I say that with a side eye is because I have this theory, right? That every successful person tells everybody behind them not to do what they did. And then it's come to a point where you got to think to yourself, well, if you didn't do what you did to become successful, how am I going to get there if I don't do the same thing? So this is kind of like dilemma or conundrum where you got to really think about it and go, hmm, all the mistakes you made made you who you are. So if you tell me to avoid mistakes, how do I become successful? So that's kind of something I've been pondering lately. Maybe you have to make different mistakes. Maybe you could make the same mistakes. I think it's subjective. Um, but I definitely, ah, it's, it's, it's really nuanced because if I had a job right now, if I was going to work a nine to five, think about what I said earlier about driving for dollars and cold calling. I'll work from nine to five at my job and then come home and do what? I'll be tired. So you got you to gotta figure out a way to not be tired. You have to figure out a way to be able to afford your food that can that won't put you to sleep every time you eat it. And then you wake up and do that every single day. So like I said, I don't know. It's hard. It's really hard because we have a we have a very peculiar situation. We don't pay rent for our place, right? Because uh, of the moratorium and then we just haven't paid rent since then. And, you know, things are still up in the air right now. So we have that on our side. We were able to get a lot of money for credit and loans and things of that sort. So, like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend somebody to quit their job. But who knows? Maybe we are where we are right now because we quit our jobs. I don't know. Would we be further if we didn't quit our jobs? I don't know. I can't tell you. Do you think so? If we didn't quit working at at Starbucks and I was still a bike messenger, would we be further than where we are now in terms of what? Uh, freedom and financial and, and uh, finances. I don't think so. I was working a lot. Like, mm -hmm. I, well, I'm thinking about Starbucks because that's the last stable job that I had. Every job I had after that, I don't know. <laughs> um, and I was working crazy hours, either really early or really late. And um, I was a supervisor in this. I was working five days a week, like long shifts, five days a week. So excuse me for me doing all of that i think no there's no way because we wouldn't have done any of the things that we did like what like i don't think we would have bought a house i don't think we would have um like not in the time frame that we did it now i don't think we would have bought the house i don't think we would have um what's the other thing the youtube all the videos and stuff yeah true that and is we true we wouldn't have as many videos as we have up right now i don't yeah that's very true um, so i think there's and that's just two things i feel like throughout that time that i haven't been working I, I feel like i picked up so many different skills that i wouldn't have if i didn't take that time off so see this goes back to the point where it's like do you quit your job or do you stay at your job i i like i said we i was able to quit my job because we're not paying rent so that's like a major expense our rent would be eighteen hundred dollars so for a studio which i know sounds cr let me say that one more time okay eighteen hundred dollars for a studio apartment that is probably like 300 square feet if even maybe less than that you don't even have a real refrigerator no refrigerator refrigerator is shorter than melissa okay melissa is five five our refrigerator is five three so it's just short and we got two cats and we have stuff so it's small it's cramped in here 
So I just think it's crazy, like I said, that, I, I mean, it's hard to say to whether you should quit a job or not. I think everybody's circumstance is different um, because playing the game, the Rich Dad Poor Dad game, having money and then compounding that money definitely helps. Like it helps a lot. Like if you make a thousand dollars this week and then you're able to put that into, you know, safe moon or some shit like that, and then it triples to five thousand, then or whatever that you know, triples whatever to five thousand, you're like, oh shit, that's crazy. But if you put a thousand in and you lose the thousand, you're like, damn, I lost a thousand, I gotta work for two more weeks to get that money back. If I put it in and lose it, there's no way of getting that back. Like there's no of like, oh, I'm having another income or paycheck coming in next week, I'm gonna get the money back. No, no, no. There's no if I take this thousand and put it into the abyss, it is what it is. If it don't come, if I lose it, that's it. It's not coming back. That's that's all game over for that. So I think that that's something that is uh very different. So I don't know. That's something interesting to talk about because I know that the guy, Eric Thomas's friend, or I don't know what you want to call him, associate, um, Jamal King, he's from Chicago and he does nine to five millionaire, but that could be a slogan to use to sell his idea of the job. But I do think there's merit to compounding the money you work, you, you make. I think, I think that if you, I think that if you're intentional about how you do it and you know, like I said, you don't, cause my thing is that you don't need to have a plan to start. And that's what I kind of want people to understand. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, even if you haven't done the research yet, even if you haven't, but you know that, that you want to do something, just start saving. That's something that you could start doing now without mm-hmm. having to sit down and do the research. Yeah, I see. I agree. Um, so, yeah, that's the episode playback. Uh, there is, oh, no, there's not. One other thing, too. This was about the submissive conversation I had with Melissa. Um, I don't really know if I flush it out well enough and I wanted to add some more points to it or another point to it is that I really just believe that yes facts is that women have to be untaught what not even like i said i don't know if it's all women i have to talk to some other women because i really don't feel like i hear that conversation from people who are not from women who are not black i don't know if i hear that I think that's true. who do you, you feel like you hear that conversation bro mad feminists are not black what do you mean? I'm confused. It's a lot of white feminists that be having the same ideologies where I'm not doing nothing for no man. No man can't tell me what to do. He can't look me in my eyes and blah, blah, blah. That even sound like, well, who? Who does that? The feminists. What feminists? The feminists. The feminism. The feminist movement. How dare you call this man daddy? Feminists. Huh. Interesting. But are those like the, the ones with the colored hair? Or are those like the average feminists? What are you trying to say? What do you think I'm trying to say? What colored hair got to do with it? <laughs> well, it's a certain kind of feminist that has a colored hair that I'm talking what about. What is that? The weird kind. Oh, Lord. Um, I just say feminist because it's like, it's kind of easier to put a face to that. Yes, colored hair. Oh, my God. Oh, it doesn't matter. Why are you trying to put hair? You said a face. Yeah. That's no. a face. Nah, you ain't got to do all that. <laughs> okay. Because it's like... Now, I don't think it's only a black woman thing. Uh-huh. I don't think so. 
I think do I think it's only a black woman thing and obviously only the generalization okay. we know it's not only but yeah, majority I, I know I understand what you're saying it's for, it's for the people listening in case they, oh. they can be kind of weird about it um because it's like it sucks because I don't really have a lot of interactions with other races like that uh-huh. it's for me to concrete say that yes I've seen white women and <laughs> Spanish women and Asian women like I, I don't have any anecdotal evidence for you uh-huh. so that's why I can say the feminine <laughs> the feminist movement because listen if y'all know if you are a white woman or a spanish woman or a non-black woman or even if you are a man that deals with asian women indian women we have a lot of people from india who listen to the podcast and africa they're black i don't know if they count african would be that count as black i don't think they count as black indians are asian i thought i meant though oh okay yeah no oh i thought you were saying no so uh like i said are we bugging i don't know if we're bugging do who's we we melissa (laughs) We were the, the French. Around. This is Donovan's podcast, therefore, you oh have Donovan's thoughts and opinions. Am I bugging yes, when I yes. say that black women feel like they cannot be submissive without being judged? Damn, that's the question. But I feel like I feel like there's 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 two sides of every coin, like. Okay. There's, I think there's like black women that you know they wanna they wanna who they want a man that's gonna take care of the house. And but but here's my this is what we talked about last week. Especially church women. I don't think that church. women know how to accept that. Women. Black women. <laughs> women. In this day and age, if you especially if you're younger, I think that. As a whole, women. You know what we gotta do. You gotta call. Her. She's black though, right? Yes, she's black. He call her. I wanna ask her. I wanna see if she's gonna. She wouldn't have. She wouldn't have been a podcast. So here we go. Oh see. my god. I'm, I'm like. Did we ask her this question before about being submissive? About what, what it means. So. Okay. I wanna see what she says. Lord, she taking a side. Please leave your message. Oh, she didn't answer. So. She's gonna call back. Oh. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I mean, when she calls back, we'll come back to that. Like I said, it's just something that I am I being gaslit by social media? Is that what's going on, or is this really a truth that's happening? Okay, here's what it is. We have to find. We have to find so, out. Because it's like you think it's the truth. Me too. Donovan. As you said, I think that women in general are being told to be more independent. They're yes. Being given more opportunities. Yes. Things that we was fighting for. Yes. So and then every and then especially what I see a lot like. I think that if you are more in a more traditional like setting but in I think, terms of what but culturally think, think about think about this think about this okay. culturally culturally how many cultures is it where the woman is not being led by the man you think that's in black culture yes why that's what i feel like i see I don't think, but I don't think the culture wants that. But it's not. What? what, 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 what that's what. what that's mean? what. That's what's happening. Because like, is because I'm like. Because here's what I mean. I feel like <sighs> when I see black women, right? Why black, you said it like black, that? black. When I see them, right, I feel like 
They do not have a role model for that. That's what I think. I think that you could probably, I don't know. I don't think that most women, most, if I think about women I know, black women I know, they are producing children who are independent of their men. And that is, and that's what they're shown to be. And then what you have is, here's what you have. I'm telling you. Then you have women trying to be like, like, I'm a, this, is what, this, is what, this happens, right? Whenever you ask a woman how you submissive, you know what they say? Well, I'm a cook for my man. That's what they say. And I'm a, I'm a, I don't even know what else, what, what else being, do y'all say? There we go. What does being submissive mean to you? Shutting the hell up when we talk. No, I don't know. I don't know. That could be it too, but. What is being submissive? What is being submissive? I think what is being submissive? It's it's not something that I can just tell you to do. I think it's knowing how to operate with a man. So what would that look like? Can you paint? Not arguing about the train. Not nitpicking about what train we take to get somewhere when we're going to get there regardless. How do you teach somebody that? What do I tell somebody that? Hey, when your man should be taking the A train, we get on the A train. That's, that's it's too it's too nuanced, too specific. But it's like because why why I can understand to some degree if it was a catastrophic event, but girls will do that for everything. Why did you get the spoon instead of the fork? You should get the fork instead of the spoon. But shut up. Why? Because I'm like, what's the point of it? And then it, it just. And then it happens. It keeps going and going and going. And it's just like, what is the what is the the solution here? What are you looking for from this? And you think that's only specific to black women? Um, I think that no, I don't think it's only specific to black women. But I do think that other ethnicities have a role model, have more role models to look at to see. Okay. How should I act around my man? I don't even know where the majority of black women would even see that. I don't know. Where would they see that? Because you already have we already have the whole maybe in the church. Sure, if you go to church, but yeah, I, I could I could possibly see that. A lot of black people go to church at some point in their lives. Yes, but are the black women in the church like that with their man? The better question is how many black women in church have for me? Damn, that's another question. So, like I said, oh, man. I do think, because I remember growing up, I would look at my pastor and his wife and be like, okay, that's what I want to have. How was she acting? Exactly. That's the problem. See? What? Exactly. I can already tell. That's the problem. See? It's exactly. Loud, annoying. I know she wasn't loud. She was trying to control everything. Yes. You know, eventually she started leading the, the service instead of pastor and mm-hmm. you know that went on for a while and you know she Listen. but it's like i don't understand because y'all want a strong woman to be beside you because you're strong but then don't like their we want okay we want zoro we want sasuke it's like yo yes i, I want you to be naruto ass what we're talking about after that Talking about where it got to the point where, like, yes, I want a strong person with me. Could you imagine if Naruto was still trying to fight Sasuke as a Hokage? He's in, the, he's over there, like, yeah, Sasuke's coming right now. I gotta fight him before he comes inside because he'd be trying to blow the city up, blow up the, the town still. But, but wait, hold on, wait, 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 wait. But he also lives here. He lives here in the in in the uh, leaf village. He wants to blow it up on the weekends. 
So I gotta go fight him on the weekend to stop him. But that's not what be happening. It's absolutely what be happening. <laughs> it's absolutely what be happening. It's like we have a common goal, and a woman goes, hmm. Because you would purposely do things that you know makes me uncomfortable. Like what? And I wouldn't like, like what? Let's use a train for an example. Sure. Taking the tra- that train. So what does that mean? You should never be uncomfortable. You trying to blow up the Leaf Village, not me. What are you talking about? You don't even know why we go. Why we going on the train? Why we going on the train? It don't matter, but you don't know why we going on the train. So why? That's what I'm saying. You think there's a reason? There's reasons. What you you don't be? That's the thing. You don't give me a reason because you don't ask for a reason. You ask so that, that you can change the description. Yes, you ask. Even when I ask. You ask so that you can go. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. That's what you do, and then you go. <laughs> that right there because if you just ask hey why are you going on the train oh because of this okay i got you i wasn't sure then it'd be it but it's, it don't end at that we're going to train because of this yeah but but why can can we uh, do we have to you know so like i said that's i do not think that it's something that's only too specific to black women uh, I would love to get women of other races. Yes, in please. Because all of our women audience. I could be wrong, and I could also be right. Do we have so. any, any? I don't even know. Listen, I don't know who's. I know that's not. I mean, I don't talk to girls anymore. So, and what I did talk to was was black and Spanish. Mac, you, you know, man, you know what men gonna say. So men gonna tell me that black women be loud and annoying. That's like the common. Well, it's, that's the. Feel like that. But that I, I think I don't. It might so, be. It okay, might be gaslighting. You did it Spanish from it before too. They were half black and they were. Let me see. Was any of them? Let me see. I'm trying to think. They're mostly half black. So. What that mean? I don't know if I don't like. Did they have a, a Spanish parent? Like, were they in a Spanish? Yes, a Spanish. They was raised in a Spanish household. Huh. Let me think about them. I'm going to come back to you in I'm going to come back to you now. Listen, I got to find somebody. Listen, we are open to having a, a video call with somebody. I'm just curious of anybody else. I just want to know what y'all think. That's it. I just want to have a conversation. Um, but, you know, on to today's topic. So, you know, I have uh, two things I want to talk about today. Uh, one being the dun-dun-dun. I'm going to call that the dun-dun-dun. Now, word on the street is that there is a halt on the mandates. That's word on the street, right? Um, they might bring it back, but right now I heard word on the street is there's a halt. I wanted to propose this question to people. Okay. If you got vaccinated, if you did, right, would you be mad if there was no longer a requirement to be vaccinated? If they just said in January 2022, all vaccine mandates have been dropped, would you be mad that you got vaccinated? If everybody else who didn't get vaccinated on January 1st, 2022, the law said nobody can mandate you to be vaccinated. Everybody can go back to work and you do not have to worry about being vaccinated. You can go into a restaurant. You can go into a venue. 
You can do all those things without a vaccine. Would you be upset if you were vaccinated? And the reason why I asked that question is because this. If you got vaccinated because it was to keep you healthy, why would you care if the law changed and it was no longer mandated? And then if you got vaccinated because of the mandate, should you have been vaccinated in the first place? I've been thinking about that. And the way things are going, also based off what I saw last week and talked about last week, where my Explore page has been inundated with anti-COVID posts, which I still think is crazy. I'm wondering, was there some expedited push to get as many people vaccinated as possible because they knew it would not hold up in court? I'm wondering if they said, okay, maybe we can use this line here that says in case of emergency, we can do this thing. And they ran with it knowing that the wheels of bureaucracy are slow. So because of that, they said, okay, by the time that people come around to realize that you can't do this, we'd have already vaccinated millions of people, right? And the reason I say that is there are different places that are banning certain vaccines. There are places that are seeing evidence that some vaccines are not helping people actually making them worse. There's other evidence that people are, or younger men are becoming uh, unhealthy from the vaccine. So I'm just thinking, wouldn't that be crazy if that was what happened? And then we just found out like, yeah, yeah, all of this is illegal. You can't do any of these things. They won't help, they won't hold up in court, at least in the American court by, by any means. I don't know, I can't speak for everybody else, but at least here, and then I also saw OSHA, if y'all are not familiar with that, that's supposed to be the people that uh, enforce the companies of 100 or more employees to have their employees be vaccinated. They decided that because the there was a halt on the actual law that they or the mandate that they are also not going to enforce it. So I'm like, hmm, they are not going to enforce it. You have states like Florida and Texas who are going, I'm not doing that. And I'm just like, would it get to a point where they just go, you know what? Forget it. Just drop it. We're not doing it no more. And how crazy would that be? And would you how would you really be surprised? I don't think so. I, I think a lot of people would just go, well, it's gone. You know, it is what it is. And, you know, if I die, I die. Right. I think that's a lot of people like to use a lot. Well, it is what it is. So. It's something I've been thinking about. I think it's really crazy how that's uh, how that's been happening. I, I I feel this weird turn of events happening over the, in, like over the next two to four months. I can't really tell what direction, but I don't think it's going in more of a get more mandate direction. And the other thing too, I'm thinking about is yeah, familiar with the metaverse. Now I've been playing around with this idea of the metaverse. And I've been trying to figure out, is there a way, is there a downside to the metaverse, right? 
And obviously there are the alternative thoughts of what would be a downside to the metaverse. But in terms of on a logical level, I'm struggling to figure out what the downsides are. Now you obviously have this dystopian future, the dystopian novels and movies and things like that, like uh, Black Mirror and so on and so forth. Actually, I might watch that today just to see you know what what happened there. Um, but everything that you want to do in the real world, you can do in the metaverse. You can fly. You can shoot somebody and not go to jail. You can run and you can. Uh, uh, become rich and do all types of stuff in there, right? I'm talking about, you know, six, seven years from now when you're wearing a full body suit and, you know, when a girl touches your nipples, you feel it like, oh, that, oh, I felt that, you know, something like that. Now, what would you, if think about this too, you can play basketball against LeBron James. Like you can actually play against, or at least maybe the 2K version of him, but you can still play against him. So I'm thinking to myself, why would somebody not do that? You can go visit China. You can go visit uh, Jamaica, Africa. Just go. You don't have to even get on a plane. You just put on your goggles and now you're there. So what's stopping? And if the senses are the same, it, it, it maybe let's say it smells the same. It feels the same. It looks the same. What would make you go? I don't want this. I'd rather go to the plane, get on the plane, deal with the plane situation, go and find a hotel over there, pay for the hotel, and <coughs> then try and enjoy it over there where I could possibly get uh, either attacked or get sick or get my stuff stolen. You know, I start thinking about it like, hmm, I don't really see how people won't get into that trap. Now, my only reason or my only a uh, logical thought is this if there are kinks in the system in, sen in the sense of it don't work the way it's supposed to like you know when you play a video game and you tap in an a and the guy won't shoot like he's supposed to that i could see that being an issue if you're trying to walk and then you're trying to get into the store in hong kong and the door disappear you're like what the fuck is this bro i hate this shit and you take it off i can see that i can see that now, here's the other side to this. There's a show um, Melissa used to watch called Sword Art Online. Um, there's also the Black Mirror episode. And then there's also... What is the other one? Um, Ready Player One. It's another one that you let you watch that's like that. Yeah. So, my thing was this, this right? If you wanted to think about what the the boogeyman version of this is like, oh, where are we going with this? The boogeyman metaverse. The only situation I can think of would be if maybe a couple. One, if you have to be in the metaverse to do something else. So you have to earn X amount of coins in the metaverse to be able to, uh, I don't know, mm, buy a car in the real world, something like that. Or, if they said, you know, it's safer for the, think about this, because people want, people, here we go for the, for the other folk. Think about this. If they told you that it's 10 times safer for people to stay in their house and use the Oculus as opposed to going outside and interacting with people. So that's why we are now putting in place a law for you to be safe in the house. We don't want, we can bring down rapes 
and murders and we can bring down robberies. Everybody stays in the house and uses the Oculus. Would you stay in the house? Like I could see I could see that being a thing. And then the third one, which is from Sword Art Online, which is this one is like the furthest one. Y'all know that Elon Musk is coming up with the uh the Neuralink. If y'all don't know what that is, it's a chip that he wants to put in people's brains that's supposed to help people with neurological deficiencies. And that's where it starts at now. But he wants to also be able to have increase your uh like intellectual capacity and things of that sort. What would happen if in some way that connected with the Oculus and you can't take off the Oculus, uh, what is it called, uh, goggles, unless you do X, Y, and Z in the game, or if you don't follow certain rules that they tell you to, now the, the, uh, the Oculus can't come off. Now, like I said, that one is the furthest one, but that's from Sword Art Online, so these are just things that you gotta go, hmm, that sound kind of strange to me. So, but yeah, that's my, uh, today's topic. Like I said, this week was very, uh, maintenance oriented. I really want to see what happens going forward with the cold calling. Last time I tried it, I wasn't too happy with it, but I do think that I've made some minor changes. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do with the candles. So that's going to be, you know, we got to figure out the marketing for that because it needs a lot of marketing. But as you know, we already do a lot of stuff. So, you know, there's that. And then my real estate exam, because once I get my license, we might be able to, I might be able to sell some property and make some money. Maybe that could be how, you know, we we figure this out. But as y'all already know, we, the bamboo project always figures it out. That's, that's what we've learned so far from watching this story is that we've always figured it out. We will be back here next Tuesday. You can find all the behind the scenes content on our social medias. Mine is Donovan Gray, D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y. And my phenomenal, beautiful, amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne. A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. You know what it is. Hashtag Bamboo Project 2021. We going up for the rest of the year. You know the vibes. And with that being said, Bamboo Project out.